We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here. Uh, my guest today is Linda Godfrey. You know her as the uh, kicking expert on Matthew Perry's Fantasy Life newsletter. If you can follow her on Twitter at uh, Lindellians, uh, or I don't know if you pronounce it like that, but uh, L-I-N-D-E-L-L-I-O-N-S. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking some time with me. Yeah, I appreciate uh, getting a chance to come on. I love talking to football. Now it's off season or dynasty season or whatever season you consider uh, not NFL season. There's a lot more time to do the chatting. So I'm excited to be here. Very cool. And you can catch her on the Fantasy Besties podcast. Uh, if you're a Big 12 fan, specifically an Oklahoma State fan, you can catch Locked on Pokes. Um, so, yeah, you can catch her in a lot of different places, and, and I, I see you on Twitter. I think we first met in Scott Fishbowl, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of years ago. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, my first year was last year. It was a lot of fun. Didn't make the playoffs. Did get the playoffs this year, but uh, ended, ended after week one in the playoffs. Oh, no, that's not good. I think I was in the same boat this year. Uh, but, you know, yeah, that, so it goes, you know, last year I had these great quarterbacks. I had Herbert late, you know, and it was in a super flex league. And he saved his worst game for the fantasy playoffs, the first round of the fishbowl playoffs. So that was somewhat less than fun, but so it goes. Uh, this year, the fishbowl had kickers as a flex option. You are the kicker master. Did you utilize this option? Of course I did. I wasn't like, it felt very, uh, there's a TikTok sound and it's like, am I the villain? Am I, maybe I am. And that's kind of how it felt when Scott Fish announced that there was going to be an option for kickers. I love the way that he did it. It was a really simple way to ensure eight to nine points if I was missing a player due to injury or bye week and there wasn't anybody worth picking up on the waiver wire. I think it's a, it's a very good compromise in between the band kickers and pro kicker crowd. Right. Right. Uh, I, I'm pro kicker. I, I just think if there's a scoring play on the field, I want to be involved in it there. And there's obviously we're in an era of great kickers. I mean, we have the best kicker of all time. First of all, in Justin Tucker, I'm a Bengals fan. I've got Evan McPherson going for us and I love Evan McPherson. This is an era, Evan McPherson stand podcast here. Uh, but, uh, you, know, you know, there's so many other great ones. We saw Daniel Carlson, you know, click, uh, you know, kick the uh, game winner on Sunday night, never missed in his home stadium. So many great kickers right now. Yeah, it was fun. We also had the worst uh, kicker week uh, early in the season. There was a week where like everybody was missing extra points 
and it set a record for for most missed extra points since they've moved that back. And so those are always fun days for me online because everybody's like, oh, where are you at now? I'm like, I'm right. It's not fun for me either. <laughs> like, I'm not having a good time. You don't need to text me and tell me that they're missing. I'm paying attention. I can see it happening. So right. that's why I get obnoxious when somebody kicks a 50 yarder. Like then that's now it's my turn to be the obnoxious one. So sure. sure. And it, you know, the ones that struggle illustrate the good too. And it makes us appreciate the elite kickers even more. I think it's that thing, that uh, couch coach thing where you're like, I could do that. I could have made that catch. And with kickers, they have that one job. So it's very easy to pinpoint when they've made a mistake and when they haven't. Uh, and it's really easy to be like, you have one job, like I could do it. No, you couldn't sit down, drink your beer, enjoy football. But no, you couldn't. I think the fact that so many kickers miss every week, week in and week out is uh, evidence enough that not everybody can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think the best part was, you know, you just think back three years ago, uh, the Bears and the Eagles in the playoffs there, uh, the, the the bad, bad misses there. And there is in the Goose Islands uh, uh, brew pub there ran a contest. You could try to kick an approximate field goal. Uh, and they did have this little turf thing. They put a little uh, gate fence. So you had to kick over it there. Uh, Cody Parkey, obviously, is the one that missed those. Uh, and no one could do it. And there were a lot of these tragic misses. They put up these uh, an actual field goal post and all that. It was snowing that day. It was perfect. It was so awesome, awesome to see. Yeah, I love that. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's talk playoffs. Do you play a lot of fantasy playoff football, or do you start focusing more on uh, – Dynasty and Debbie. I've really, I took like a week long hiatus. I've been like devouring books left and right and just taking kind of a football cleanser. I do play okay. in some of the fantasy playoff, like charity events, especially the ones where you have to pick, like you can only use the player once, like in baby bowl, uh, Rob Norton mm -hmm. runs one where you can only use one player one week. And once you've used them, you can't touch them again. And so I really like the strategy behind that. Last season was my first season even experimenting with it. So it's nice to go into this season with a little bit more uh, knowledge around playoff fantasy. I love the one and done format. Uh, we did, you know, on Sirius XM, we've always had like a host league where we do the same thing. And there's some strategy involved there because you, you want to make sure you don't you know, leave a guy forever on your bench. That's like, while you're waiting for them to make the Super Bowl when they get knocked out in the second round uh, or something like that, when they're a favorite, but at the same time, you, you got to have something for the Super Bowl too. Right. It's, it's, there's a lot more, uh, my buddy, Andrew Cooper said it best, like a well-rounded football knowledge. Cause you have to take into consideration who's going to move on. Right. Exactly. Uh, and it's so wide open this year too. We don't have a 15 and two team, 16 and one, even 14 and three. I mean, it, it, it's, it's super wide open, which, and plus only one team with a buy in each conference makes it an added layer of complication. Yeah. It's, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of times I think throughout the season where we've crowned a team, like this is the best in the NFL. And then they have like a week or even a two week stretch where it gets kind of murky again. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't feel like, all season we've had like the number one team in this league, which is fun. I think that'll make for a really fun playoff. I think so too. Uh, NFC, who do you like coming out of there? I know the Packers are the one seed. Uh, is there a team that you think uh, you've got a good feel for that might make a run, or at least you feel has a good chance of making to the conference championship game? Whew, I had, but at the beginning of the season, I thought the Bucks would make it back to the Super Bowl. I think the way that they're playing still pretty much, you know, it sucks that they lost Leonard Fournette, 
it sounds like Ronald Jones is going to be out. They had the injury to Chris Godwin and Tom Brady seems to not, and Bruce Arians, it's, it doesn't seem to be an issue in the way that their offense has been playing and their defense has been solid all year, at least in, uh, on the runs against the runs. So I think the Bucks probably make a pretty good run. It's uh, unfortunately they've lost a lot of their fantasy relevant options for uh, the playoff fantasy landscape. Losing yeah, the, AB and Chris Godwin. Exactly, and we don't know if God, uh, if Fournette's going to come back. If he comes back, that's a huge a- addition there because I really don't trust Lev Bell going through this. I know uh, they've they've gotten some. Uh, some some work from Keyshawn Vaughn. They might get Gio Bernard back. We'll see. I mean, he's been out for a while too. Rojo's already declared out this week, so that it, that that's a big uh, tricky part there, especially because I think you need to run against the Eagles to beat them. Right. Totally so, agree. So we'll see about that. But uh, I play in the NFFC's Hold'em game too, where you have to make the decision this week, and there's no subbing out. It's the you know instead of one and done, you just you draft and you keep them until they get knocked out, and so you have to make that kind of that call kind of early. Uh, I'll, I'm probably going to pass on Fournette because even if he comes back, I think he might be limited early on. Right. That making that call, like setting a lineup like that is so it's a whole nother facet you have to think about because you want guys right. that are going to be there the longest amount of time. Uh, do you guys do like kickers and defense in that lineup or is it just, it's a, it's a one kicker, one defense too. And so that what they have is a multiplier too. So, and the the first week, and this is just the NFFC, I know, uh, and I did another draft on air where we just drafted teams, but this is an overall contest. So you get one kicker, one defense, and if they get knocked out, then you can supplant them. But each round that they advance, you get a multiplier. So everybody that, uh, Mm -hmm. you use, they get their score this week, but they go, if they play next week, it's double their score. If they're still around for the conference championship game, triple their score. If they're there for the Super Bowl, it's 4X. So getting those 4X, the critical 4X guys right is so important. Yeah, that's fun. I like that setup. That sounds yeah. fun. It's a it's a really neat contest. Uh, they, they do great stuff over there. Uh, we, we do a lot of stuff with the NFFC. And no, no secret about that. We're business partners with them. And so we get some entries and we promote them. And then I usually buy in about two or three more entries because I like it so much. Yeah, that's that's a great way to set that up. Boy, you could some scores, I bet, are wild by the end of the season or by the end of playoffs. Right. And then the tricky part is try to avoid the chalk to find that one one player that's super productive in the Super Bowl. That's worth three or four times. It's not rostered by everybody. James White, the year against the Eagles was huge, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, Or against the Falcons. Excuse me. Um, So many Patriots Super Bowls. uh, But uh, yeah, you know, I'm. It's always fun to try to find something like that to find that fun angle uh, to try to attack that. Uh, the AFC, you know, it's that's what you want to talk about. The NFC being wide open, the AFC is even crazier uh, in terms of who it's so wide open. Who do you like coming out of the AFC? I turned in as soon as the Broncos got eliminated from the playoffs, I became a Bills homer. So I'm going to okay. take Josh Allen and the Bills. I think especially if they get past the Patriots, the road gets a little bit clearer for them. I know they've had some peaks and valleys over the season. I just, I, I really think that they're pushing for it this year. And uh, I got really hyped last year. And of course it came crashing, burning down, but uh, I put my faith back in Josh Allen and the Bills. All right. So you're, I can see as a Broncos fan, you can't root for Kansas city. I get that. No. Um, I, I have family in Kansas, so I get the other side of that coin a little bit there, but uh, my, my, my brother, my parents are big cheese fans. I stuck with the Bengals, but for reasons, I'm not quite sure. It's just, I guess I'm loyal like a dog, but uh, so it goes. 
Yeah, well, uh, the my daughter's dad and his family are Chiefs fans, so they like send her home in Chiefs gear. And like oh, no. when, yeah, when the Broncos lost the other night, she was like, uh-huh, "Go Chiefs!" I was like, "Not my house!" Like, I feel like <laughs> oh no, oh, don't no. do this to me. Like, I don't. Uh, I try to be like, but so last year during playoffs, I got her a Josh Allen jersey, a uh, little her size Josh Allen jersey, and sent it to him the night of the game. So we still have that in play this year. Um, okay. I, I could get behind the Bengals. I like, of course, I like Evan McPherson. I called that before the draft even happened. I wasn't sure that they were going to draft a kicker, but I was pretty sure he was going to end up on the Bengals. They had had talks with him in the offseason so, or preseason. But I was pretty off on Joe Burrow from a fantasy standpoint this year because I was worried about that offensive line. So I'm like eating crow at the same time every time that I'm watching the Bengals. So it's fun to watch and they're a really exciting offense, but I'm eating a lot of crow every time I watch them play. So I'm a Bengals homer and I still only had him in like one league because I had the same concerns. He got hit and he got hit a lot this year. He got sacked 51 times. I mean, your concerns were valid. They're still present. You now losing Riley Reef was a big loss at right tackle. He's out for the playoffs. That that's tough. Um, Fortunately, Chase is all that. Higgins is 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 totally as advertised. They've got Mixon for a couple more years. They are they're locked in at the skill position players. Now they can go out and get an offensive line this offseason. They've got cap room. They can use their draft picks on that and linebackers as they need. Um, those are the big two areas, I think, for them. So I don't want to get ahead of next year because we still got this year. But uh, it, it it's weird and fun to be well positioned for the future. Yeah, I'm sure that feels great. I, I haven't experienced it in roughly six years now, but yeah. <laughs> I bet it feels really good. Yeah, you've won a Super Bowl at least, though. So you got that going uh, yeah. for you. You don't have utter pain in the Super Bowl as your only two experiences to the same team, but that's all right. I'm still not over that, but that's okay. Uh, about your Broncos, how did you feel about the Vic Fangio firing? Very good. I don't yeah. think Vic Fangio, first of all, like, there's this concept of like, don't dance on their graves. And and I'm not celebrating that somebody who has a family has lost their job, but mm -hmm. in the real world and, and in the NFL world, when you get hired to do a job that you can't do, you don't get to keep that job. And it's not my fault that it's super public, but that's the way she goes. And I don't think he held himself very accountable and pressers. I think throwing your quarterbacks under the bus the day before, you know, you're about to get canned feels really cheap. From your head coach, uh, I'm glad Pat Shermer is gone. I don't think he called a competent off offense all season. It didn't matter who was in at quarterback. It was not going to work with the offensive schemes that we had. Fantasy Twitter is not going to like me, but I hope that we keep Melvin Gordon around because I think the tandem running back room worked really well in Denver. And I love Javante Williams just as much as the next person. But it's my team. From a team standpoint, I want two really good running backs as opposed to just one. You know, it's not like Melvin Gordon was holding the team back. I mean, no. he, he actually played well. I, I get that. And, you know, today's NFL, you need two running backs for the most part. There are very few teams that have that workhorse lone running back. And if you do lose them, God forbid, you need to have someone good come next man up. So I get it. Uh, I guess the only argument against would be as if it carved up too much cap space. But I don't think that's the case here. Right. And it'll be, you know, there's if Aaron Rodgers leaves, if Russell Wilson leaves, there's definitely uh, a chance that we don't have the money to foot the bill for Melvin Gordon. But I'd like to be able to get it done. Uh, you know, I was pretty sure Aaron Rodgers was going to be a Denver Bronco <laughs> heading into yeah. next season. But well, actually, during this season, like before the draft, I was sure of it. 
And then it all fell apart. And now he seems to be having the time of his life. And I'm like doubting if he even leaves Green Bay. <laughs> right. We're going to be right back where we started. Yeah. Well, so if it's not Rogers, what's your other option? What, what are the other options out there? You know, Russell Wilson, if he decides to decline his no trade clause, that's an option. I like Russell Wilson. He's behind a pretty terrible offensive line in Seattle. Our off- offensive line is better, I would say, but it's still not a stellar uh, offensive line. And I I know there are some Denver Broncos fans and some fans in general that would love to have Deshaun Watson on their team. I'm not comfortable with it while all the off-field potential issues are going on, while he's mixed up in everything that he's dealing with off the field. I don't want to bring that into Denver, not right now when we are trying to like get back on track. But you know, we're interviewing like 10 new people for head coach. It's, there's no telling which direction it goes. I have, I, I thought I was going to know where we were at the end of this season. And it feels like I'm even more lost than at the end of last season. I don't blame you for that. Um, My favorite Fangio moment is how he couldn't let go of the Baltimore thing. Um, We're like two weeks later, three weeks later, it's a, you know, they're talking about the Cleveland game and he goes, well, at least they're classier than the team in their division. I'm like, what? Let it go, dude. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, yeah, it, it that was that was wild to me. Uh, so that he wasn't wrong about the quarterback room not being strong. Uh, but the way again, how you how he threw him under the bus like that is just how you handle things. It's just the way you say it. I think you can get your point across without being shady, and I don't think he did that very well. And then the Baltimore thing, you know, if you stop them, they can't score. That's they're right. put on the field to score points. That's the point of the offense. And I know that might be confusing since you're watching the Denver offense put up 13 points a game, but that's what offenses do. They score points. And if you can't stop them, they're going to do it. It doesn't matter how much time is left. I was a couple of years ago during the uh, women's world cup, when USA ran the score up and everybody was like, that was unnecessary. What are you talking about? The point of the game is to score the most points. That's what they did. So right. I'm not, and this I'm isn't not a soccer. lay down and die guy. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's professional, pro- professional athletes. Now, granted that, you know, that was, that was a, a definite mismatch, but it was also the women's world cup. It wasn't, yeah. you know, I, I coach AYSO soccer and it's not, everyone plays. It's not, you know, develop, mm-hmm. you know, this is the world cup, you know, I yeah. get it. And goal differential matters. And you're worrying about like trying to get like, to the advancement rounds, worrying about seating and things like that matchup. So, now, I had no problem with that either. I get your point entirely, so I'm with you on that one. Uh, before we move on, quick note from our friends at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, Moneyline bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in seven states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. 
I'm here with Linda Godfrey. Uh, she does the kickers uh, rankings and, and and tips on Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life newsletter. Uh, she's also the co-host of Fantasy Besties and Locked on Pokes uh, if you're an Oklahoma State fan or a Big 12 fan. I actually saw Barry Sanders play in college. Uh, I was a senior in high school, went down to see them play Kansas. Uh, he's, he went. To, he grew up in Wichita, actually, so where I went to high school. So it was kind of cool. I was looking at colleges, and he, he went off that day. It was fun. He went off a lot. Uh, I I love Barry Sanders. I love how connected he stayed to Oklahoma State. You know, he still sends out tweets yeah. when they win games and stuff. And that's something that we really, as a fan base, were pushing on Mike Gundy to like start bringing the pl- old players back and really getting the alumni involved. And so we've start, uh, Oklahoma State started their Ring of Fame, and Barry Sanders was the first one inducted. He's got. I was at the game where they uh, unveiled his uh what's it called a statue and that was okay. fun it was it was a it was a really fun weekend so that's awesome that's very awesome uh, it, it, what a run there they had thurman thomas and barry sanders back to back that's just crazy how, how good oklahoma state was uh and they, they they're still good obviously uh and they, they've cranked out a lot of good running backs over the years yeah it's uh it kind of it was wild especially with like chuba hubbard and chris carson and uh the run we went on for quite a few years where we were producing NFL ta- like guys that were getting drafted to the NFL uh, or getting signed to NFL teams when we were really a, a air raid offense. So it's been nice to kind of see Mike Gundy shed that a little bit and focus a little bit on the run. Yeah, it's good to see him uh, learn a few tricks. He, he's no longer a 40 year old, but uh, he's now he's adapting still. Nonetheless, hair might not be adapting, but everything else is. So that's good. <laughs> But yeah, his hair hasn't adapted in uh, 40 years almost, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. Um, All right. Nowhere to go from that. So let's move on to kickers uh, a little bit here. How did you become the kicker advocate? How did this is your niche? If there is if the fantasy Twitter knows if you want to have a Twitter question, we ask Linda, how did this happen? Well, uh, actually, it does draw to Oklahoma State. My dad played. Uh, at Oklahoma State in the early 80s, and he was a kicker. Okay. And so that was, he kicked barefoot. He kicked with his left foot. He is not left-handed. So there was always kind of this uh, aura about him. He had some hysterical uh, quotes from Jimmy Johnson about him and just funny articles. Uh, He was, he's a weird guy. Um, But so I also grew up, I have brothers, boy cousins, and we go play football like after Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever out in the yard. And I have noodles for arms. I can't throw or catch worth a nickel. So I would punt the ball or kick it or figure out a way to be a part of that game. And I like things that not everybody else likes. I like that they can be the absolute hero of a game or the biggest villain to a fan base, you know, there's, it's one or the other, if they have a steady game and it's not a game winner, nobody talks about it, excuse me. But if they have the game winner or kick to tie the game and miss it, that's going to get talked about all week. And I, I just think it's fascinating the way people feel about them. So I had a lot of people tell me, you know, you can't predict it. And I find that to be, incorrect i mean obviously you can't perfectly predict anything nothing that we're doing quarterbacks running backs tight ends it doesn't matter so there's analysis to be put into it and not enough people were doing it obviously there are a 
a handful of other people that do do kicker rankings and talk about what they're doing. But I like sharing why I've picked a player or the process that went behind it so that people can do it themselves so that, you know, here's what I'm looking at. Here's what we're here's what we're comparing. And this is why this one's better than that one. It's fun for me. That's great. That's awesome. Now, you mid-season, you jumped on with the newsletter, Matthew Berry's newsletter. How has your you know, fantasy persona experience changed now that you've gotten so much more exposure? It was kind of wild. To start the season, I was just doing tiers and posting them on Twitter. I wasn't, it wasn't through anybody, just doing it by myself. And I grew a pretty substantial amount just from that, just from pushing myself out there. And then obviously right. got the opportunity to work with Matthew Berry and Peter and uh, Cooter Doodle and all those lovely people that I adore. And it's, it's just continued to grow every Sunday. I set an alarm to get up in the morning to make sure that I'm able to answer questions. There were weeks that I knew I missed questions and then I don't worry about my teams. I'm worrying about the advice that I gave. Right. Right. Of course. I get so concerned with like, did I, you know, am I going to get blamed for a loss? It was just really, I I got a lot of good feedback from people saying like, we appreciate that you're doing this. Not enough people do it. And it's good that we have someone to go to. So it was a very overwhelming season in terms of growth. I went from like 5,000 followers on Twitter. And now I have that little K by the number. Like it was a very growing season, but it was overwhelming. It was a lot. It is. It's really cool to see. And I feel the same way. Like I I root for my advice to work. You know, I root for uh, like, oh, I, well, and sometimes I forget, I don't have that going for me in my leagues. And yet I'm like, yes, I got, I I nailed this. Oh wait, I don't, now I don't have that. Why? That that's annoying, but at least I'm right. So I've got that. Yeah. It's way more important for me to be right now than it was to like win, like beating my high school buddies is still the best, but mm-hmm. giving good advice and like seeing it play out the way that I said it was going to is, is a feeling that surpasses just winning my fantasy football leagues. How, and when you're looking and you're evaluating his kickers, is there, you know, obviously we, we got some established players like Tucker, obviously Nick Polk is awesome right now. Uh, what's a quality that you're looking for when you're trying to rank a kicker high? Like why were you big on Evan McPherson before he even got drafted? Because I was worried about the offensive line. I loved all the pieces of that offense. I knew they'd be able to move the ball, but I was worried that they might stall out mm-hmm. uh, moving the ball just because of the lack of offensive line and, in my opinion, preseason. So I thought he was going to get the opportunity to kick it a lot. I knew he had a big leg. They really liked him. They clearly trusted him even after misses early on, especially that Green Bay game that went oh. into like double. Everybody missed Mason Crosby and Evan McPherson. It was a, <laughs> that was a, Wild game. I thought he made that one. You you see that? Oh, yeah. And then there's this gust of win at the end. Uh, And that was the hidden thing about that game. Everyone was ragging on Crosby and McPherson for that game. And it's funny. I made probably a Mason crossbar joke in there somewhere. But at the same time, uh, there was was a big crosswind. And you could tell that, you know, McPherson thought he nailed it. He thought he was in. And obviously, he kicks all the time. He knows what it's like to make one. And all of a sudden, at the end, you just see that little drift at the end. It was just brutal. Yeah, I that game that was the week of the uh, record-setting missed field goals and extra points. So I yeah. remember that game very well. But like I said, they continued to trust him and they leaned on him, especially the second half of the season. He got a ton of work. So I was I'm really excited to see what his future holds. I think he just keeps climbing because he's got a monster leg 
and he's just going to get more confident. Yep. Uh, only kicker drafted last year. Uh, and the last time the Bengals drafted a kicker, they weren't patient enough. They drafted Jake Elliott, if you remember. And then they kept Randy Bullock instead, who was fine. Maybe made one more kick in preseason and in training camp than Elliott did. But that's not exactly a good way to run run the run the company there, I, I thought. You know, you spend that draft pick, you, you put it the time to scout the guy, and then you do this smaller sample. It, it seems strange to me, but uh, this time they did it right, at least. There's a lot of... Uh evidence of teams moving on too quickly from young kickers you see it like a lot where kickers have because like i have a running spreadsheet that just shows when they're like in and out of the league and when they were drafted or what year they entered the nfl and it's amazing how many miss a year spend a year on a practice squad and then end up succeeding for several years on a different team a guy that i'm keeping my eye on for next year is jose borgalis who was uh signed by the bucks as soon as the draft ended and they had protected him on their practice squad every week, they are not letting him go. And as much turmoil as the kickers saw this season with injuries and dropping people, it was uh, clearly imperative that they kept him. So that's something I'll be keeping my eye on for next season to have another young guy come in. Well, that's great. That's a great point. Cause how many times have we seen guys bounce between three or four teams off practice squads and active rosters and claiming off of other practice squads, but you can't protect on the practice squad. Um, it, it's one of the little nuances of the league that unless you're like a total junkie, you might miss on that. And uh, I love seeing, hearing a point like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes you ever have a conversation with like a normal football fan. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> Oh no, I need to probably take a step back. <laughs> oh, all the time. You know, you know, I'm very much online and uh, you know, you start talking with people, Oh, you're not on Twitter. So you don't know half these little inside jokes I'm making. I think are hilarious. Really? Oh, come on. Work with me here. Yeah. I've been trying to get my dad on Twitter for quicker updates. I'm like, you, he'll text me like four days after the fact and be like, this is what happened. I'm like, yeah, dude, I knew two minutes afterwards. If you right. just get online. <laughs> I'm just shuddering thinking about, I'm just shuddering thinking about my dad on Twitter right now. Uh, no, not, not, so, not so good. Not so much there. That's not going to happen, but uh, he's 82. It's, it's just not going to happen. But uh, anyways, um, who's one kicker? Okay. You made Borgales. I was going to say, is there a kicker that's an active kicker that you think is underrated right now? Guy that, you know, was on the active roster all year, just doesn't get the credit he deserves. Oh, man. I think Brandon McManus comes to mind probably because I'm a Broncos fan and he missed a kick early or, you know, near the end of the season. Everybody was like, oh, get him off my team. I'm like, it was a 51 yard field goal. Like, right. that's no guarantee for anybody but maybe Justin Tucker. And I would still say guaranteed's a strong word for a 50 yard field goal. Um, and so he just gets he gets uh, crapped on a lot for a guy that has won us games several, several times. From an overall standpoint, especially last season and some this season, I think Tyler Bass gets uh, a brutal end of the stick where they play in Buffalo in the cold in pretty terrible conditions a lot. Yeah. And he's still pretty damn accurate. So I, I like I like Tyler Bass a lot. He's probably one of my favorite kickers. His story about why he wears the one eye black is fun. And that's what I like. I like kickers that they show a little bit of personality and the way that their team talks about him, you can tell that they're a teammate. They're not just like a guy that does the one thing he's there to do. Yeah. That, and that's a tough place to kick. Cleveland's another one, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, you know, all the Rust Belt teams, you know, and, and you know, any, any time where there's elements, you know, obviously that's a problem. Chicago is just 
notoriously tough place to kick. Uh, you know, we all remember that that Niners uh, Bears game where we had that severe crosswind. Uh, it just blew off like you know more than the the width of the field goal post. It was just that strong of a wind. Uh, I still remember that game. Yeah, the the wind in Chicago is definitely and like Chicago has been burned by kickers so many times that it's hard for yeah. any of them to get like accustomed to kicking in that kind of uh, weather. So I think, you know, the, the kicker purgatory in Chicago is is pretty big, I think. But they've been great this year. Yeah. Cairo Santos has been fantastic. Yeah, he was. You know, I think there's like 25 fan bases that think they have a kicker jinx, too. You know, I know Minnesota talks about it all the time, and they probably earned it a little bit there. But, you know, we, we all have that. We all feel like, oh, we've been jinxed. And so it's it's nice. I've got a kicker that I love on my team and a quarterback, franchise quarterback that I love on my team. So life is good right now. Man, I'm jealous. <laughs> I bet yeah. that is nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we had a long walk in the wilderness. So, uh, you know, it, that's what, you know, when you when you get one, you got to be super all over it. And, you know, although, to be fair, Andy Dalton was fine. He, that was a good draft pick. That worked. That was, that was, that they nailed that. I thought Marvin Lewis was a good coach, a good man who took the Bengals from a, like a 20 year, like a 15 year playoff drought to a respectable franchise, but just couldn't take it to the next level. Sometimes you don't realize you have it kind of good. Uh, yeah, that happens too. When you're, you know, other teams complain about having 10 wins and I'm like, I'd love, I'd, I'd give anything for 10 wins this year. I thought it was yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Ask Lions fans how they feel about Jim Caldwell. Although I like Campbell right now. I think he's good, but you know, Caldwell got I, them 10 wins and they fired him. I adore Dan Campbell, but I'm so worried that they're going to use him as like the scapegoat at the end of this rebuild. And that's going to make me sad because I, I enjoy him. I know we all laughed at the beginning of the season when he was talking about biting kneecaps and right, drinking right. espresso shot, shotgunning espresso, but he's so fun and they clearly like to play for him. I mean, I don't think that there's any question that they like to play for him. He's so much fun to watch in the locker room. So I'm going to be bummed if he gets the short end of the stick in, in Detroit. And I think he will. <laughs> Yeah, I hope not, but they, they've they had a quick trigger before. We'll see. I mean, it can't be as bad as what Miami firing Brian, firing Brian Flores. I, I, I still don't get that one. I understand that there's conflicts between he and the general manager, but – and probably the owner. It's, it's probably – you know, that's one of those things where you don't know all the details of what happened behind the scenes. Yeah, somebody's going to get lucky, though, getting Brian yeah. Flores, I think. I think he's a good coach, but needs to go somewhere that, that maybe needs some defensive help, you know? Yeah, that's right. Who's you, Who do you – do you want – do you want Flores in, in Denver? I really want us to go after an offensive uh, coordinator. Okay. I think we've built this defense pretty well in the past, but we haven't had a steady offense since Peyton Manning retired. And even then it was like our defense won that Super Bowl, you know? So I would love to go after an offensive mind. The word on the street sounds like it's going to be Dan Quinn. Uh, which would be fine again, but I just really would prefer if we went after somebody that was going to try to fix the offensive side of the ball. It just doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to get one of those rock star coordinators then, and that's always hard to find too. Because uh, they want to be a head coach. You know, they don't right. want to, it, it can't be a lateral move. You got to find someone like from college then who, who wants to be able to do that. Yeah. The, and the college, I think there's going to be some college coaches that, uh, move up to the NFL this season. So the coaching carousel should be a, a pretty wild ride. Yeah, it should be. You know, the other thing about uh, the Broncos and Elway is, you know, his track record of, you know, bringing on quarterbacks, not named Peyton Manning, isn't very strong. 
not great. It's not great. And, you know, he kind of took like took a step back from the reins uh, this offseason and George Patton came in and I think he's doing a really good job. I yep. like the draft. I know people are upset that we didn't take a quarterback in the draft. I get it. I really think they thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers before the draft happened as well. So, you know, I'm not mad about the pick. Obviously, Sertan is a fantastic defensive right. player, but um, and and none of the quarterbacks, none of the rookie quarterbacks had a Justin Herbert year or Patrick Mahomes kind of awakening. So I'm not terribly worried about what we missed from the quarterback position. Unfortunately, the draft class coming in is also not very strong at quarterback. So I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm not, I'm not mad about how this draft went and Elway's taking that step back to hopefully. Right. I mean, you know, like you said, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Maybe they just publicly said he did and he didn't at all. But I, I think because of the way the draft went that he did kind of take a bit of a step back. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, the other thing that most people may not be aware about is the, the mess of ownership with the Broncos, too. I mean, and that that sounds like it's getting closer to getting resolved, though. Yeah, it's been in court for it feels like for years mm -hmm. uh, trying to decide what to do with it. So it sounds like they're going to let somebody buy it, which is was the first step. Now we've just got to find somebody to do that. There's been conversation about Peyton Manning and other uh investors going in together and buying it i know there's been talk about elway doing kind of the same thing with his investors so it'll be interesting to see but i, I think that clearing the ownership up would definitely be a step in the right direction for the broncos i mean you don't you got to start from the top you know absolutely absolutely so many bad uh bad owners in the nfl right now too uh you know a lot of like where like my Bengals, for instance paul brown was you know you know, royalty in the NFL did a lot, established the franchise in two different places, basically. Uh, Mike Brown, eh, not so much. You know, the I think the Maras in, in New York, the, the McCaskies in Chicago, there's a lot of that succession issue problem there. And it seems like you get to that next generation. It doesn't necessarily have the same sort of chops. And it's a different league, too. Right. And it grows. So, yeah, you've got to like we got to like wipe the slate clean and just start again. Uh you can't you hold that position too long and things get you get weird and your ego gets big the god complex would be insane for i could never <laughs> but right. uh, i do think i think some the league is definitely changing and and with that is go, is going to come some ownership changing and and some step backs from people you know indeed totally uh, we got to take care of a little bit more business. Uh, after that, we'll uh, take a look at some of the playoff matchups, get some picks and pans from Linda. But first, a couple of notes. Uh, one from HOFR. This episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by HOFR, Daily Fantasy Sports Redefined. No confusing salary caps, no annoying player drafts, just simple, multiple choice questions on the stats you know and the players you love. That's right. The majority of HOFR contests focus on single sporting events and only feature questions about popular players and recognizable stats, allowing users to make their picks confidently and quickly. Plus, you never play against the house or versus those fantasy sharks. The playing field is level for even the most amateur user to find him or herself landing in the money. Unlike those other apps where an incorrect answer can end your night on HOFR, incorrect answers never eliminate you from the competition. The other night, the questions were as simple as, how many touchdowns will Tom Brady throw? And which player will have the most rushing yards? So make your NFL Sunday picks with confidence and ease on HOFR. Do not wait another second. 
download HOFR, that's H-O-F-R, from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store right now. H-O-F-R. It's everything the fantasy sports world has been waiting for. We're also sponsored by Skybox Sports. Skybox Sports Network is your hardcore source for odds and sports tickers. Skybox Sports has been creating an entertaining and relevant product for restaurants, sports bars, casinos, race and sportsbooks, arenas, and stadiums for years. Now you can bring a little Vegas into your fan cave. Skybox is low cost and state-of-the-art Wi-Fi platform is a simple and affordable plug, play, and activate format. Skybox Sports tickers bring you live odds, propositions, fantasy scores, hires, fires, trades, breaking news, and recaps with in-depth coverage for the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, NASCAR, UFC, special events, and even more. Visit skyboxsportsnetwork.com and use promo code ROTOWIRE5 for a 5% discount off your order. This ROTOWIRE podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour-plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thanks to HOFR, thanks to Skybox, and thanks to the Blue Wire Network for uh, hosting us. Appreciate your indulgence in listening to those ads. Uh, I am here with uh, Linda Godfrey. You know her from uh, the Matthew Berry newsletter. You know her from Fancy Besties and on Twitter at, at Lindellians. Did I get that right? Is it? Do you call it Lindellians? What's the Twitter handle? What's that? What is it? It is Lindellians. You nailed it. Uh, okay, cool. I never had a nickname before, and I had a buddy in high school or college start calling me Lindellians, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to make that every handle I ever use for the rest of my life." Okay. And then somebody was like, "It looks like lions," and I was like, "Oh, oh." And so I've been correcting people for roughly two years now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, good. I'm, yay for me. I got one right. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it. Nice. Uh, quick. Uh, let's. Let's. I want to go like a quick, like hit, hit by hit on yeah each game real quick. Give me like a player you like, player you don't like for this upcoming game. Uh, so people help people set their lineups a little bit here. First game of the playoffs is Bengals and the Raiders. Bengals always get the early Saturday slot whenever they make the playoffs. Like this is like eight years in a row. I think they've gotten that slot, but it's different this time. I swear it's different. I promise. Uh, they're a five point favorite over the Raiders and Cincy. What, what, who do you like? Who do you dislike in this game? Man? I mean, I think, first of all, I think the Bengals pulled that one away. I don't think the Raiders are, in the same field as I don't think the Raiders and the Steelers are in the same field as the rest of the players that are in the NFL or the rest of the teams in the NFL playoffs. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing in a league where you only get to use that player once I'm targeting probably a guy like Josh Jacobs as my running back for week one Um, on the Bengals side of the ball. If you want to use somebody like T Higgins or Jamar chase, I think picking which one goes off is going to be, uh, a, a, not a fun game, not a game I really want to play, but I think because of that, you can play either one this week and then tackle them again next week. Evan McPherson is a kicker that I would be starting. Really, both of those kickers in that game are likely to get some shots, but because Evan McPherson is going to continue on, if if you need him to make it several weeks, go Evan McPherson. If you need a kicker just this week, you can pick up Daniel Carlson. The Raiders kick the ball a ton. Um, but yeah, Josh Jacobs is probably my favorite in terms of players that I want to get in this week before I don't have the chance to play them again. Yeah, I hear you on that. I think that's right. Carlson's a great example of a guy that didn't work out at one place. Team game up on him a little bit too quickly and he surfaces elsewhere and does good. Yeah, there were a ton this year, especially that I saw that just like kind of got recycled back into the league from the last two years of, of draft classes. Right. Yeah, that uh, and it it that's that's a great one there. Um, I you know, and the thing is, I'm also in a you know the the NFFC. You have to choose one player this week from each team. I think most people are going to go with Chase if they choose a Bengal. I'm, and I think Mixon will probably be the second choice. Mixon was heavily used in the first game against the Raiders. I almost think it's, it's sneaky to go ahead and go ahead and use Burrow. Um, so maybe I'm trying that with one of my lineups. I, I've got a couple entries in that contest, and I'm uh, I'm going to try Burrow and hopefully get three games at least out of them there. Two would be nice even, but uh, we'll see. Because if they win, they're probably playing Tennessee. And Tennessee's getting stronger and stronger. They've beaten eight teams with winning records this year. They're, Vrabel's done a hell of a job. 
Yeah, coach of the year. I don't know how his name isn't coming up more as coach of the year with as many players as they've had on the field this year. Agreed. In fact, I'm a Bengals fan. I should be like a Taylor stand, but I think it's Vrabel. Uh, I, I think he's so, I think he's really clever. I think he's really smart. He had that one brain fart last year against Baltimore in the playoffs when he, uh, when he decided to punt, uh, and we all ragged on him for that and he deserved it. But at the same time, he, he, he's super smart and the way he gets them ready to play. I, I'm, I've been really impressed. He's the one Belichick uh, protege that has been, has made good. That's worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's keep going with the AFC. Let's keep going up. You, you know, your, your bills. They're now Linda's Bills uh, up up against hosting the Pats. What do you like in this game? This is another game where I'm going to take a running back and get that play out of the way, and it's Devin Singletary. That game's supposed to be a cold game. I think they probably run the ball a lot, and Devin Singletary has been playing really well yep. the last several weeks. So he's a guy I'm definitely trying to get in the lineup and get done with. Like I said, I think if the Bills take this game, then their schedule gets a little bit easier. So Josh Allen's a guy that I'll, I'll probably try to save. Um, so Devin Singletary is probably my favorite play from this matchup. Yeah. On the Patriots, there's nobody I'm super stoked to start this week because of the weather, because of Bill's defense. You know, it's funny. It's Singletary, I draw a comparison between him with the Bills and Fournette on the Bucks. For the longest time, they couldn't settle on one back. And then like the last three or four weeks, they really settled on Singletary and he's delivered. Uh, and I feel like he's had that ability all along. Yeah. I like Singletary heading into the season. I'm a zero running back, uh, kind of person. I've kind of tipped my toe into that, uh, over the last off season and Devin Singletary that really that whole bills backfield was a good backfield to target because nobody knew what the answer was. Singletary was cheaper. I grabbed him a lot of places just because, he was the cheapest option in a backfield that we had no idea what was going to happen. So at the end of the season, he really showed out. And and I think he's done enough to kind of get the nod going forward, at least for right now. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind Harris if you have to use him this week. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the Pats are going to throw more than three times this time. Uh, but I, I do think that they're going to be a heavy run offense still. And of course, you got to watch his hamstring. But I think he's that's if the Pats win, it's because they're able to run the ball against the Bills. I think that's and they control the clock. They keep the ball out of Allen's hands, keep the ball out of the, you know, just make the Bills work. Because that's the one thing I think the Bills are slightly susceptible to is a good run offense. They really are. And I think at the beginning of the season, we talked about the Bills defense being stout against the run. And then we watched Jonathan Taylor score five oh. touchdowns against it. And it was like every other team was like, oh, we can exploit the Bills run defense. It, it it was a weird phenom that happened this year because up to that game, I feel like the def- that's what we talked about in the Bills' defense was their run defense. And then once a team figured out they could exploit it, they got ran on quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Julia asked, will Mac Jones, uh, as a bet, will he have 20 attempts this week? I think it's all game script. If they, if they fall behind two touchdowns, he's going to have to throw a lot. But I think they'd prefer – you know, a game where he throws 15 to 20 times at, at, at tops. And it's a, if it's a close game, that's their script for them winning, I think. Yeah, I would go under because I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I don't think it's going to get to a point where the Bills are two touchdowns ahead. So I would I would bet that he throws it, you know, 17, 18 times. And Bill Belichick would be just fine with that. Yep. Eagles Bucks. Weather might be an issue. Rain, they're talking about here. Lots of rain and thunderstorm, possible winds. 
Uh, you wouldn't think Tampa would be the place where weather would be a problem on this slate, but here we are. Yeah. See, okay. I'm not a very big Eagles fan. I'm not a big Jalen Hurts fan. I wasn't right? heading into the season. I know he's played fairly well. Um, they haven't, in my opinion, faced a whole lot of really stout teams. So it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see against the Bucks. Um, that's a team, the Eagles are a team that I want to get the play out of them while I can. Guys like Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard. Um, I, is Miles Sanders playing? I think Miles Sanders is supposed to play. He's a guy that you might get out of the way this week in a running back spot. But I don't think the Eagles come out of this one with a win. So I'm getting the points out of Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard while I can. All right. Very good. Uh, Cowboys Niners. For my money, this is probably the game that I think will be the most entertaining, probably the most competitive. Uh, I, the one I'm looking forward to seeing the most. What do you like in this game? Who do you dislike in this game? I like Elijah Mitchell. I like, uh, I'm not touching, you know, Debo Samuel's a great pick, but he's somebody that you, that's where I get to a point where I'm like, do I want to wait a week to play him in case they can outplay um, Dallas? With Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott's an option, but I think I'd rather play Elijah Mitchell, who's really got the brunt of that work in, in San Francisco. Yeah, I think I think Dak's going to be able to throw the ball if he gets time. That's the big problem because I think those Niners uh, DBs are very exploitable. But you know, at the same time, Bosa I think has what thirty four hits this year. I mean, he he's going to get to the quarterback. Tyron Smith hasn't been fully healthy all year. He did play last. I mean, he did sit out last week because of COVID, but he was healthy prior to that. Uh, and I think that's a big, big you know. And it's not just Smith, obviously. It's the whole Dallas offensive line. Can they hold off that Niners pass rush? I think that's like the matchup I want to see the most. Yeah, that game is going to be really fun. There was, going into it, I thought Dallas might have it wrapped up. But like the more I sit and look at the two teams, I think it's going to be kind of a knockdown drag out. It should be really fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one too. Uh, how about Sunday night? Pittsburgh, Kansas City, the game that nobody wants to see. Ugh, Unless you're a Pittsburgh um, fan. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Pittsburgh fans. Um, I'm not playing anybody. Maybe Najee Harris, maybe, but I just think Casey walks away with that game pretty cleanly. Um, and you know, it, because depending on what format you play in, if you're playing in a format where you can only use those players once, then I'm probably leaving most of Kansas city's offense off my board in week one so that I have them going into, uh, week two and three of the playoffs. So Najee, I guess, but I'm really not, I, I don't trust Ben to throw the ball further than a yard and a half. So, <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's PPR and you're getting those catches from Deontay Johnson, that's an option. But as a whole, I, that offense is not something that has been enticing to me for fantasy wise. Maybe Ben should be a part of your one of the the other kicker in your family uh, holiday front yard games now because he's. You know, the, the I think strength. I might be able to. I, I think I may have him beat on arm strength. It might hurt a little bit more when his ball hits you, but mine definitely going further. <laughs> uh, that's that's going to be a uh, yeah. I, and the thing is, I fear like the Pittsburgh defense is going to be better. I don't know. I've just got this weird feeling that this game's going to get dragged in the muck. It's going to be like this Brown Steelers Monday night game from a couple weeks ago. I hope I'm wrong. I, I just want to see entertaining football. I don't really, I don't have a dog in the fight necessarily. 
Although, yeah, that's not true. I'm, I don't want my brother to be happy, so go Chiefs. But anyways, um, sorry, my Bengals is showing too a little bit. Um, either way, uh, I, 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 I'm not really super excited from a fantasy perspective on this one. Monday night, last game, Rams-Cardinals. Uh, kind of the fraud bowl. It kind of both have been kind of really good teams, but you don't know which one of them, which version of them is going to show up. That's a really good way to put it, the fraud bowl. Um, I trust Sean McVay more than I trust Cliff Kingsbury. I think obviously Cooper Cup has been a monster all season. He's going to be a doc player, I think, for uh, fantasy playoffs. But do you get a better chalk player than that? And how long do the Rams last? I think the Rams probably come out of this one with a win just based off the way that Cliff Kingsbury is coaching tends to trend down at the end of seasons. He's started seasons both for Texas Tech and for the Cardinals where he started really strong and then just lost all momentum at the second half of the season. So I I think I would prefer to, I guess if you're going to get some Cardinals players out of the way, a guy like Zach Ertz that maybe people aren't thinking about from a tight end landscape. Travis sure. Kelsey is obviously going to be pretty chalk. So a guy like Zach Ertz that's probably going to see some red zone targets is is somebody that I'd be looking to get into my lineup. You know, almost all the top tight ends made it, except for Mark Andrews this year into the playoffs. Uh, it's it's funny because a lot of top running backs did not. You know, when you, I was doing doing rankings, looking at running backs for the playoffs, it's like eh, it kind of gets kind of gets thin quick. But then tight ends, like oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. All right, so yeah, I like the Ertz call because of that. I think that's a, a good good way to avoid and still save all the other top ones there. I like that uh, call. Good one. Anything else uh, from that game? Anything else from the playoffs? Uh, anything else? You, like, what's the one thing you're looking forward to the most this weekend? Oh, man. Uh, like you said, the Battle of the Trenches game, that Dallas-San Francisco game is going to be fun. I just really like good football, and it's yep. going to be hard to beat that Raiders-Chargers game. What a finish to the end of regular season. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, I'm still thinking about the way that Justin Herbert through that touchdown pass on fours and 21. So, you know, it's going to have to be pretty impre impressive football. And then that game was followed up by the college football championship, which was another really good game. So yeah, it was, yeah. I, I want to see some good entertaining football considering none of my team, you know, my actual team didn't make it. Yeah. Jamison Williams injury made me sick, but uh, just especially because of the non-contact thing and, you know, so much that it could, it could cost him so much. I think that 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 part was awful, but uh, it was an amazing game otherwise. Uh, Linda, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It was really good to finally talk to you. Uh, we've, I think we've chatted on Twitter, at least or in, in Fishbowl, but now actually getting to talk to you, it was it was super fun. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I had a good time. Good. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Lindellians. Listen to her on both Fancy Besties and Locked On Pokes. And of course, once the uh, you know it, kickers are needed, uh, kicker commentary needed in the Matthew Berry Fantasy Life newsletter, check that out as well. Uh, this is my last football podcast of the season. We'll be doing others in the offseason here and there, but last scheduled one. We still got Mario and John back at you again tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. <laughs>